What a beautiful prayer. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. We're glad you have joined us for worship today, even though you're not in this building. Uh, and I know you understand the reasons for that. And our prayers are with you as, uh, as a country. Uh, we've moved through this crisis Uh, But we're glad that we have this venue that we can share worship together. There's nothing any greater than joining together to worship. And uh, we do that today virtually. And we thank you for tuning in with us. And uh, we are so glad and know that our prayers are with you. And that if there's anything that any of us, Todd or I or any of the staff can do for you during this time, we are happy to do that. But thank you for joining us today. And we pray that even though it's virtual, that you feel God's presence as we worship him today. I'm going to ask that you join in singing with us. We're going to do a series of music. We're going to begin with a hymn, Oh, Four Thousand Tongues to Sing. We will project those words and go ahead and sing with us at home if you do that. Why don't you join us as we sing together? as our worship team leads us.
song that through our fears and through our worries that Jesus is the name that is above all names the one that calms our fears and gives us peace in the midst of the storm and I'm so grateful that you are watching this service today and I pray that you can feel the presence of the Lord wherever you, you might be in Florida or in Tennessee or or in your bedroom, or in your family room, or gathered with friends, wherever you might be, we pray that the Holy Spirit would touch you wherever you are. You might experience this peace that only God can give. I'm so grateful today that we can come together and pray. 
Also grateful that regardless of your politics, that our president has made today a national day of prayer. And I'm so grateful that our nation is joining together in prayer today to pray for those who are battling the coronavirus, for people who are hurting, for people that are struggling to live, for, for families that are hurting and financial crisis, whatever people are going through right now, we turn to God to be our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. And I ask that right now, wherever you are, that you might join us in prayer. You can kneel. You can uh, lift your hand up. You can lift your hand out to the Lord. You can come together as family and, and pray because Christ is our only hope, not only in this life, but in the life to come. So would you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Oh God, we come to you because we know there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. And we know, O oh Lord, that you are our strength and our redeemer. And Father, we come to you crying out to you, not only with hosanna and hallelujah and praise, but we cry out to you, God, in humility and fear and sickness and pain and lostness. Father, we pray that you might bring peace today and a calmness. Oh Lord, we pray for our president that you would give him guidance and wisdom. And we pray for our leaders as they discern what is best for our country Father, we pray for doctors and nurses who are on the front lines battling this virus, that you would protect them and their families. Oh God, we pray for our governor in this state as he and our leaders make decisions that would be best for our state. Father, we pray for churches that many are, are having service via live stream or Facebook Live. And, and Father, we pray for some maybe that are meeting together in their church building. We pray for protection, that sickness and virus would not be spread. And Father, we have great faith in you and we trust in you, but we know, Lord, that you give us wisdom and common sense to do what's best for everyone and not just selfishly for us. Thank you, O oh God, for giving us your promise to be with us even when we are scared, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You promise to comfort us with your rod and your staff. And Father, we just look to you. And Father, we pray that during this difficult time, that revival and spiritual awakening would break loose, that people would turn to Jesus Christ, that the lost would be saved, and Father, that nations would come to Christ as a result, Father, of maybe what the devil intended for evil, you can bring good from it. And so, Father, we pray for that, and we pray for continued wisdom and direction and discernment 
And forgive me and forgive us, God, when we've allowed other things to take priority over our relationship with you. I pray that during this season, our spiritual eyes might be open, that we might see what is most important, and we might see who should be the most important. Father, I pray for this church that we might continue to be a lighthouse on this hill, a, a field hospital for the sin sick and hurting, and those who are looking for answers and looking for hope. So Father, we love you and we praise you and, and we commit all of our worries, our fears, our burdens to you. And we're going to go on and thank you for the victories that we trust you to bring. And Lord, again, just put a hedge of protection around everyone, around families, around the elderly, around young children and, and infants and babies. Oh God, protect us so that we can be strong to serve you and tell others of your love. So Father, we ask now that your Holy Spirit might continue to move through this service. And Father, remove any distractions and may we entune our hearts to yours. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory for what you're going to do. Oh God, speak through Grayson in just a moment. Sing through him and speak through his message and song and speak through your servant that our hearts might be drawn closer to you for it is in the strong and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You know, I had a message in mind that God had placed on my heart as we approach Easter. And uh, with everything that's been going on, God led me in a different direction. And um, I'm going to be reading a passage out of Philippians chapter 4, which seemed to be appropriate for this occasion. I'm also grateful today that one of our college students, Grayson Thurman, is home and, and he was willing to come and share. I believe he was already scheduled to come and share on his spring break. And uh, we are so grateful, Grayson, that you have come to share your gift and song. And we're so proud of you. And we will hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. But hear these familiar words in Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything or every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, 
smell so torn before Seems out of nowhere to start But it's now that I feel Your grace falls like rain From every fingertip Washing away my
Thank you so much, Grayson. Couldn't have been a more appropriate song for what we're going through right now. We still believe in God's power to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You know, we have a church member. He's our philosopher, Jim Miller, who's in our church. And Jim often says we need a little levity to offset the gravity of this life. So each week I like to start with a little humor and I pray that it would be therapeutic The Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Uh, Maybe you saw this post. Someone posted on Facebook that they were looking to trade three rolls of two-ply toilet paper and a half can of Lysol for a 68 Camaro. (laughs) So... There's actually more laughter in an empty sanctuary than there is when it's full. But also, I saw a cartoon of uh, people on an airplane, and uh, they looked terrified with eyes wide open, and there was a caption that said, This is your pilot. I will be working from home today. (laughs) That's great. That is great. March is usually one of my favorite times of the year. Why, you may ask, because of March Madness. I love watching the SEC basketball tournament, love watching the NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, you can find basketball almost every day of the week on just about every channel that you turn to. Um, My wife, on the other hand, Uh, always dreads March. And many times I would hear my wife say with her hands raised up, stop the madness. But I believe she was referring to when there would be some intense moments of fellowship with some of us in the house when she would say, stop the madness. But I also like March for many other reasons. I love March because the day begins to be a little bit longer. I love daylight and love being able to be outside longer. Uh, I love March because the temperature starts to get a little bit warmer. Love the warmer weather. I love March because the flower buds begin to bloom and, and we see new life taking place. And I love March for multiple reasons, but today March madness has taken on a whole new meaning. The coronavirus has swept across our world like nothing I've ever seen. At least in my lifetime, maybe in some of you that are watching today, I've never seen the NCAA basketball tournament canceled. I've never seen NBA basketball games canceled. I've never seen college and universities calling off class for the remainder of the semester. I've never seen uh, churches closing their doors. I've never seen what has become panic all across uh, our nation. But why is this? Why have these uh, sporting events and churches closed their doors? Because we care about the well-being 
of people. We care about the well-being of people. And we as Christians should care. And we as Christians should also care about marriages that are breaking and, and homes that are splitting and jobs that are ending and addictions that are destroying and yes, viruses that are killing. And certainly we ought to be concerned about lost people who are dying without Jesus Christ. We should be concerned about all of these things. And today in our scripture, which may be familiar to many of you, we see Paul who's writing the church at Philippi. Paul is in prison, believed to have been in Rome, not in that dungeon where we see his latter days in 2 Timothy, but in his own rented house. And we see Paul who is free to impart the gospel to those who would come to him. And even though Paul was in a difficult situation, even though he was in prison, some of you may feel that you're in prison, confined, quarantined in your home, not able to get out. Paul even had words of encouragement. Paul wrote to thank the Philippians for a gift they had sent him upon learning of his detention in Rome. He wrote to report on his own circumstances. But Paul also wrote to encourage these early believers. He wrote to encourage them to stand firm in the face of persecution and to rejoice regardless of their circumstance. And today, I can see my sweet wife holding up her hand saying, stop the madness, stop the madness. And Paul gives a prescription for us to help stop the madness that's going on around us and in our world today. And the first thing that he tells us in verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4 is, do not be anxious about anything. To be anxious means to have a mind that's divided. To be anxious means uh, rational thoughts and destructive thoughts. And when he says do not be anxious, anxious thoughts are self-centered. Anxious thoughts many times are counterproductive. We know that anxious thoughts are the opposite of peaceful thoughts. And maybe you've been anxious and worried through this season and through the fear of, of this coronavirus. I think about what author, pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah shared in these statistics. He shared that 40% of the things we worry about never happen. 30% of the things we worry about deal with matters of the past that are now out of our control. 12% of the things that we worry about deal with our health, even when we are not ill. 10% of the things we worry about uh, deal with neighbors or friends that have no basis of fact or reality. And then he said 8% of what we worry about might actually have some truth or basis of reality. So what does that tell you and me? That 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. And that's where our faith 
comes in. Remember, even Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, but I tell you, do not worry about your life. In verse 27 of Matthew chapter 6, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? In verse 34 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, I tell you, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I love what David the psalmist said in Psalm 55, 22. He said to cast your burden or cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on the Lord because he cares for you. And I want to encourage you today with these anxious, divided thoughts that you would begin to transform your thinking to positive, good thoughts. Trusting that God is in control. And really, Paul gives us that thought process if you would read on in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He said, and finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when you begin to have anxious thoughts, worried thoughts, fearful thoughts, begin to think about pure thoughts and lovely thoughts and admirable thoughts and and noble thoughts and excellent thoughts, and you will see those anxious feelings begin to dissipate and to go away. The first part of this prescription is that we must have proper thinking. But the second way we stop the madness is through prayer. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's so important on this national day of prayer that we would indeed go to the Lord in prayer. So many times people say, you know, pray when when all else fails, when the truth is we should pray before all else fails. And I pray that this would be a time that we can come together in prayer. I don't know if any of you saw yesterday a press conference with Vice President Pence with the Coronavirus Task Force. And during this press conference, uh, Secretary of, of uh, Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, got to speak just for a moment. And when he spoke, he said, we need to use this as an opportunity to come together for good. He went on to say that the president is recommending a national day of prayer. He said, we have gotten away from prayer and faith a lot in this country. And he said, we should establish and to carry out these godly principles in our lives, no matter what your faith. He said, because of these godly principles, our nation zoomed to the very top. And it's these principles that will keep us at the top. 
But we must turn to God in prayer. Remember when the Lord appeared to Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and he said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If there was ever a time for us to humble ourselves before Almighty God and to turn away from things we know we ought not be doing and turn fully surrendered to the Lord, it would be today. It would be right now. Remember what Paul also wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. He said, be joyful always. Pray continually or without ceasing and to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I'm so thankful that we have a God that not only hears our prayers, but he answers, but we must go to him in prayer. Remember what David the psalmist said in Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. I've said that to my children so many times through the years. I've quoted it as an adult. When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I want to recommend to you who are watching at home today that you would come together with your families and pray. That you would call friends and family. Pray over the phone. This is one time when social media can be a positive and maybe you can pray together with groups, even on social media or on Facebook. But this would be a wonderful time to pray for revival and spiritual awakening and a great move of the Spirit of God. I know it's a time of fear. I know my children are, are asking, what's going on? And even one of my young children last night asked if the world was coming to an end. And we don't know what the future holds. We just know who holds our hand and promises to be with us. And I pray today that we would indeed have proper thinking and that we would pray. But then last part of this prescription is that we would have peace with God. That we would have peace with God. It says, in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And in verse 7, And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a beautiful promise. It's not talking about a psychological peace of mind, but he's talking about a, an inner tranquility that comes from peace with God in a personal relationship with Him. And I pray that everyone watching, wherever you might be, would have peace with God. And I think about what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, we have peace with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I pray today that whatever's going on in your life, 
fear, anxiety, worry, marital problems, fearful about the the stock market and finances, whatever's going on right now that you might put your faith and trust in God and not be scared because he promises to be with you and me to the very end of this age. I often share from Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, that great story when Jesus got on a boat with his disciples to go across the Sea of Galilee. And and you remember an unexpected storm came up. It was an unexpected squall. And remember the disciples were terrified, even though they had seen Jesus perform miracles before, they were terrified. Even so much so that Jesus had fallen asleep on a cushion at the stern of the boat, and they went to him and they said, Master, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And you remember what Jesus did? Jesus got up in verse 39 of Mark chapter 4. Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the winds and the waves died down, and it was completely calm. And Jesus turned to his disciples in verse 40 and he said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And there's a storm that's going on right now. An unexpected, out of nowhere storm that is sweeping not only through our community and state and our country, but across the world. But it says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I pray today that you would make peace with God. Yes, make peace with the family member. Make peace with the friend. Tell someone you love them. Tell someone I'm sorry. But more than anything, that we would make peace with God. That no matter what tomorrow has in store, that we would be prepared, that we would be ready. And that's the message we have shared with our children. Even with uncertain days, we as Christians don't have to worry because we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I recently uh, had an opportunity to uh, speak with someone who was going through a different kind of storm in their life. They were in the hospital and the doctor said, we've done everything we can do and, and cancer was was now the storm that was taking over their body. And I had an opportunity to talk to this gentleman. Um, I knew that he had never given his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And uh, I began to small talk with him, and then I got right down to the most important matters, the most important thing. And I asked him if he had ever given his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And he said, no, but, but I believe I'm ready. And I said, it would be my joy and my privilege to be able to pray with you so you can have that peace that no matter what's up ahead, you would be 
secure in your relationship with the Lord. And, and he said, there's no better time than the present, is there? And I said, no, sir, now is the time. And even though the Bible doesn't have a sinner's prayer as we have shared so many times through the years, certainly there's 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. And, and if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And then Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, but I said, sir, if you don't mind, if you would bow your head. And he's there in his hospital bed, just he and I. I said, if you'd repeat after me this prayer. Dear God, he said, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. He said, I confess that I'm a sinner. I said, Lord Jesus, he said, Lord Jesus, Please forgive me of all my sins. He repeated, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. He said, I ask you to come into my heart. I said, thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. And he said, thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. And he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. You know, prior to that, he had said this to me, and he said, Todd, for whatever reason, I've been a horse's behind for much of my life. And he said, I'm so sorry for that. And I said, your family in particular, a son is going to be so proud of you. And he said, I'm glad he's going to be proud of me. But I didn't do it for my son. I did it for me. And I said, I'm so thankful. This man went to be with the Lord. And I had the privilege just recently of sharing at his funeral. And I can't tell you the peace that it brought his family. Knowing that he had received Jesus Christ as his Lord and as his Savior. Maybe you're watching today and you've allowed pride to, to take over and you've not been willing to swallow pride and say, I need to admit my wrongs. I need to confess that I've not been the man, the woman, the person I've needed to be. And before it's too late, I want to get things right by giving my heart and my life fully surrendered to Jesus. And if you do that, I promise you the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will then take control and will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Aren't you ready to do that? Even now, in the midst of this storm, in this uncertain day, make peace with God before it's too late. May we pray together. Oh God, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for your promise to always be with us. I thank you, O oh God, for my friend who acknowledged his sin and accepted you into his heart as his Lord and Savior. And he experienced a peace even in the midst of his health battle. And Father, even though, even though we know that he lost the battle on this earth, he gained the ultimate victory in eternity. 
Lord, I pray today if there are people watching wherever they might be and they've never made peace with you that I can't think of a better time, as my friend said, than the present to receive Christ into their hearts and get things settled to be prepared for whatever's up ahead, that families would reconcile and, and Father, that people would get on their knees and pray and that people, oh God, would begin to think pure and holy thoughts and, and the right kind of thinking, the proper kind of thinking, and not let Satan have any glory or victory in this matter. And God will give you all the praise and the glory. Maybe someone watching wants to pray the prayer that we just prayed. Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, Please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, O oh God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. And maybe a child is telling their parent right now that they prayed to receive Christ. Maybe a parent is telling their child that mama or daddy just received Christ. Or, or maybe a, a friend is calling a friend saying, I just asked Jesus to come into my heart. I don't need to be afraid. Oh God, I pray again that there would be a great move of your spirit, even now, and we'll give you all the praise and the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing what we always call an invitation or a hymn of commitment, and, and you can use your family room as an altar. You can use your bedroom, you can, you can use uh, wherever you might be as a time where you can, can just come to the altar and uh, recommit your life to Christ. Give your life to the Lord. However He leads, I'm going to invite you to make a commitment for Christ.
with us today on this really a groundbreaking day. We offer live stream every week, but today is very unusual that um, for the majority, uh, an empty sanctuary. But we know that there was worship going on all over the, the United States and all over this community where people were worshiping and praising God. I want to say a special thank you to Bill for being here, our worship team, and, and for Grayson for doing an outstanding job, our ladies that played the piano and organ, and, and all of those working in the sound booth and doing our live stream and, and computer operators. Thank you all for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. Um, we're going to take things one day at a time. We don't know uh, about next week's service. We don't know about Wednesday night service. We are going to adhere to what the medical professionals and the authorities are telling us. Again, in no way, shape, or form does this mean that we have lack of faith. We just care and we love people so much that we want to keep them safe and protect you and us from this terrible virus again. Uh, just unprecedented what we're seeing take place. But we know that God is with us. We know that he's going to help us weather this storm. And I pray at the end we'll be stronger. Our faith would be stronger. Our love for him would be deeper. And our lives would be transformed to be more like Christ through it all. And we'll give him all the praise and glory. But I want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you, and I echo what Bill shared earlier. If we can help you or your family in any way, please don't hesitate to call upon us. But we're going to close this time of worship together by singing a closing song. Again, God bless you as we weather this storm. <laughs> 